ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Big Thoughts, number one podcast about the Big Ten. Here are your hosts, Spencer Kleinschmidt, Marcus Pierce, and Peter Che. Hello. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Big Thoughts, Big Ten Thoughts. I'm Marcus, of course, naturally. That's always me. Today I'm joined with Spencer and Peter. No guests today. How are you boys doing? Spencer, watch the fucking eye roll, bud. Hey, buddy, you want to do a tilly right here? I'll go I'll go bar down your tendy, throw the gloves off, make a little uh, laundry list out there. Huh? Dude, I'll punch you so hard with my right, you'll wish I was hitting you with my left, budzer. Oh, there you go. Peter, what's up? You want to hop in on this or no? You don't want this heat. I, I don't want the heat. I don't know enough. I don't know near enough uh, hockey slang or terminology to say anything. Um, well, that, that kind of perfectly leads into uh, what we'll be doing at the end of our show today. Uh, we'll be doing a presidential hockey lineup. That's um, right. With past presidents. Um, and we'll try and break down why we think they're in those positions on the line or, you know, on the team. So whatever. But anyway, so I have a story for you guys. Right. Spencer, you know, I was texting you earlier this week and said that someone was in my car, but nothing was gone. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm always good about locking my doors, blah, blah, blah. And I know someone was in my car because my center console was tossed. Like my car is disgusting and gross. And I understand that, but I never leave the center console open or with the stuff inside of it on my seats. So had a suspicion someone was in my car because my doors were like shut, but not like fully shut. And my car doesn't lock like the first time while you're going away from it, unless they're all shut like that. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't haunt. So I'm like, okay, well, someone's in my car. So I'm looking to see if anything's gone. Nope, nothing gone. Today, <laughs> go to my car. This time there is a hat and gloves sitting on my goddamn driver's seat. There is a chance that there is a bum sleeping in my car at night. Gross, dude. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sorry to those people out there that are going through that. Like, I, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying. But you can't be in my car. You can't be breaking into my car and sleeping in the Kia. We, we found this note in the in your car. It says, thanks for the F-Shack from Dirty Mike and the boys. If, if they're having a soup kitchen in the <laughs> Kia, oh, my God. It's so bad. Like Maybe like, somebody's just, well, maybe, you know, instead of, instead of jumping to that conclusion, maybe somebody's just going to work in it. Like somebody works a night shift. They're like, <laughs> this guy's never out there. I'll, I'll have it back in the morning in time. You know, I won't take anything. I'll leave some money or I'll leave, like, you know, a grass card in the council forum. And, you know, maybe so just take it to work. Who knows? <laughs> no. Well, maybe, I guess, who the fuck knows what's going on. But uh, so I guess we'll see. We'll keep an updated story now because I strategically placed um, – a few certain things around like nice. places that you would have things you would have to move to get in or, you know, to sit down in my car. So, so you put your know. hockey stick, like right, right in the way is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I put my hand, like a big bottle of uh, squeeze bot or uh, 
pump bottle of hand sanitizer, Japanese cherry blossom from bed or bath and body works, or, you know, that's just fire. Okay. But so I put that on, on <laughs> my, I put that on my seat. So if there's a bump staying in my car, I will know based off the hand sanitizer. Um, I, I guess if I find out or, you know, like if I can make a deductive conclusion or, you know, if I can figure out that that's what's happening, I, I think I'm going to record a video and upload it to our Twitter <laughs> and let everyone know that there was in fact a, a bum in my car. We'll have to bring him on. Maybe he'll want to be the next guest. <laughs> yeah. Let me invite him into my, let me invite him into my home. Too. Yeah. I mean, he's already in your, he's already halfway there. He's already in your car. Like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so that kind of creeps me out, but yeah, that's any, that's spooky. Anyways, uh, do you guys have any good stories that you would like to tell quick? Yeah, um, actually, I've been starting to work out a lot lately, counting my macros, and it's because I plan on making it to next year's NFL Combine. <laughs> <laughs> to do what? Uh, I was trying to figure out the best position I would play. I played linebacker, long, long snapper, long snapper, holder. I was uh, maybe long snapper um, because I – well, don't you, don't those guys, once they snap the ball off, they got to get up and block, don't they? Yeah, but they don't get ran into. They half block. They, like, chip block. So, they – you know, because you can't line up over a long snapper. So, you fucking send that thing and go, oh, just – So, another thing I was looking at was um, Russell Wilson. He stays pretty healthy, doesn't he? He doesn't miss a lot of games. He misses very few games, if any, ever. Another option is Russell Wilson's backup quarterback. You know, just learn the playbook. The Jim Sorge route. I like it. And just just say a bunch of – whenever I'm mic'd up for when the NFL does like a mic'd up segment, I'll just say funny stuff, get some clout that way, sign some (laughs) advertisement deals, just like Baker Mayfield. There you go. Your your days are numbered. You better do as many progressive commercials as you can. I'm just here so I don't (laughs) find – and then make my money that way. But yeah. Um, well, what were you uh, saying? <laughs> no, I got, I got, uh, we got our first dub in Warzone last night. So that was exciting. Um, other than that, got nothing. Trying to get a, uh, trying to get a shirt made, Trask, Trask train, get on the Trask train now. Oh, Otherwise, Lord. you'll be left behind for Barstool. Um, try to make some, some cool, clean cash with that. But yeah, other than that, you know, just living clean, living free. I got, I got no stories for you boys. All right. Well, let's, let's jump right into it then. Let's get into some big 10 football, shall we? Um, I know that you guys probably would rather not talk about it. Yeah. Pass. Okay. So let's get it over with right away. Yeah. Just tear All the right. Band-Aid off. All right. So Friday, November 13th, Iowa versus Minnesota. It, um, it was Friday the 13th. Yeah. Scary day. Just bad mojo. Uh, yeah. So the score was thirty-five to seven, as you know. But to people who didn't necessarily see that, um, Iowa won. Uh, I was watching it, um, and it started to slip away a little bit. And I almost texted you guys like, "Ha ha! Like, look at this!" And now I'm like, "Oh no! Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it. I left it for this time. I, I." I, I didn't feel like typing that out, but it was a really tough, tough game to watch. Uh, I, I don't know what you guys, how do you guys feel about I'll it? I'll tell you three things that that game changed on. Number one, 
the targeting call against our middle linebacker, Siri Martin, that I don't think was targeting. I, I really don't understand how when the offensive player is being tackled or he dives forward and the defensive player is going to make a clean hit and his his speed and his movement takes him into the player and it's not even I don't I don't know I don't know how you can call that like I understand why you throw the flag initially but then you go and review it and you look at it and it's not malicious you don't launch yourself it's it's literally a a clean play other than the rule and I think the targeting rule is a great you know it's great because it's I think it's reducing head injuries I'd have to look at the stats but I think that certainly didn't help the Gophers not that Siri Martin is you know, Lawrence Taylor, but he certainly helps the defense, I think. And that, that was a momentum killer. Yeah. The second thing, number two was when we picked Iowa off when it was seven zero or maybe it was 14 zero at the time. I can't remember. We picked Iowa off at about their 45 and returned it to like our 15 got an unsportsmanlike conduct on coach Fluck. So if you had the, if you had the under, you won that bet because it was one and a half of him running on the field. So you had that, that put us back 15 and you had an unnecessary roughness against our defense. So that put us back to basically the 45 and we couldn't manufacture point or score any points. And then what honestly, I think, well, sorry, I got four things, I guess. The next thing was right before halftime, the Gophers were driving down. It was still 14, zero ugly game, just ugly all around. And somehow the Iowa safety can launch himself and create, you know, contact with the head and get a flag thrown. And then they pick the flag up when they review it, which if you look at that play, that was clearly way more of the definition of targeting than the Siri Martin play. So that made me a little upset. And finally we got the ball back still 14, zero got the ball back at our five yard line, go down the length of the field to about our 30 take nine minutes off the clock on third and six, run an outside run and then kick a field goal that gets blocked. What, what is, if you're going to do an outside run or an inside, if you're going to run a third and six, unless you know that you can pick up five to six yards, you're running that play to try to make it a fourth and three or fourth and two or fourth and four. Even you have one of the best wide receivers in the country. Why are we not throwing the ball on fourth down? Why are we not going for it? There's three minutes left in the third quarter. The game is there. It's 14-0. Our defense is stopping them, but not enough, clearly, because they scored 35, 21 points after that point. So, I mean, and for people who didn't watch it and want to, you know, say, well, the Gophers got short, you know, dominated, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, the game was close until the th- like the fourth quarter, essentially, on the scoreboard didn't feel yeah. that way but we had we had a chance to win that game if you score points that's a whole new ball game yeah so on the first thing you brought up with the first hit um i completely agree and i think it's something that the um or you know the nfl's pretty fair you know okay with it because they don't kick people out usually unless it's completely horrible but when you know so you're taking the time so you throw the flag out of precaution because you can go replay those things and the definition of targeting is launching or, you know, leaving the ground and launching at the upper body or leading with the crown of the helmet. So why are these running backs and wide receivers not being, and for everyone, not just for Iowa, not just for Minnesota, for everyone, because it happens in every single play almost. Why are these running backs and wide receivers not being held accountable that when they finish a run, they go right like this. I mean, right like that. Yeah. Which 
in today's standard is finishing a run. That's great. But what, keep your keep your head up a little bit at least. Or, you know, you still put the ball away. Or, you know, so my point being, when you're taking the time to throw the flag and go look at the replay anyways, okay, whatever. Don't call it on the offensive player, but you for sure can't call it on the defensive player if they have their head up. If, if their face mask gets hit by the crown of the offensive player's helmet, that's bullshit, right. which is, I think, what you were getting at. But Well, essentially, too, what – Honestly, to me, like at what you just said, I think is a great way to edit the rule. But what happened on that play is the Iowa running back comes through the line. The linebacker is getting ready to make a hit from the side. So he's going to hit him like shoulder right into the linebacker's chest, right? He comes to the side. Now the lineman recovers for Minnesota, trips up the Iowa running back. So he's falling down, maybe trying to dive ahead. And now there's incidental contact and whatever. I mean, can't change it now. And I, I mean, they won't, they won't probably change the rule ever, but I thought that that was, I, that was a, you know, a shitty call for the Gophers definitely. And then again, with the, the Iowa, you know, people were saying that's a weak bag and everything. I was looking at some tweets and I don't, I don't think it was, I think the guy clearly left his feet launched to go towards the top. And on the broadcast, they were saying, well, he, he hit his shoulder. Well, it doesn't matter. It's supposed to be the top of the body and he launched. So, I mean, to me, Textbook definition, that's what it sounds like. But, you know, um, you can't you can't get penalties back. Um, from an outside, uh, I was looking at Minnesota Twitter. I was, or, you know, whatever, checking it out after the game. There are a lot of people that want Fleck gone. Uh, we don't need to necessarily talk on that, um, but. I would like to. Well, yeah, I mean, the, I'm, I'm kind of asking two questions in one here. Or, you know, talk about that a little bit, but. As a team for the rest of the year, where Peter Spencer, where would you like to see, or you know, like what kind of growth do you need to see to to feel confident that uh, last year and and the lead up to the year before were were not? I don't want to say a fluke because I don't think it was. Okay, okay, like I would like to get that out in the clear. I'm not saying that, but what do you need to see for the rest of this year to make you feel a little more comfortable about where things sit? Peter, why don't you, do you have any thoughts about the Iowa game first? Um, I didn't watch the Iowa game. I watched Friday night SmackDown, uh, Roman Reigns <laughs> versus Rey Mysterio. Nice. Um, if you guys want to break down on that, I can break it down. Cause it was. Start a WWE blog. Maybe because I'm in, I'm, I, I bought in after what I saw on Friday. Anyways. Um, I guess for me as a fan, I don't watch it as uh, in-depth as Spencer does um, and a lot of other people, but I just would like to see what I, I don't know. I know we play Wisconsin in two weeks, right? Uh, three. Uh, we play in Thanksgiving. No, weekend. it's we play Purdue and then Wisconsin. Yeah. So, yeah. So two weeks. I would like to see wins against teams we should be beating, so – I would have loved to see a win against Maryland. I I guess like Michigan losing that game, I get it. <clears throat> um, who do, who do we play after Maryland? Uh, we played Illinois and we beat them. We won. Um, Iowa Iowa always plays us tough. Um, but I don't want to see us getting blown out in the fourth quarter. Um, and I just want to see consistency with our teams and being competitive versus teams we should be competitive with. So like the Hawkeyes you said we were competitive up until like the fourth 
um, but just finishing out game strong. And then we playing us playing the Badgers in two weeks. Even if we don't win the game, <clears throat> I would just like a really good showing out there. Like being happy to watch it as a fan, even if we lose. And then winning games, we should be winning. Like I think we play Northwestern and Purdue and then Wisconsin. Those are our last three games of the season. So Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska. Nebraska. Our final yeah. four, yeah. Yeah, so like I guess what I would like to see for this season is just finishing the season strong, um, not go undefeated, but just win games we should and play well against rival teams. What do you think, Spencer? Yeah, um, well, you can jump in quick. What do you got to say? Um, I was just going to say, like, from an outside, like, perspective watching those games it's very clear Mo Ibrahim is good and right now because of usage is the best player on the field I, I know he's not because of uh uh Bateman or you know I know he's not but for speaking right now he whatever he's the most productive player on your team whatever um so from an outside fan watching these last few games like if if you're if you're Fleck or you know if I'm Fleck and I'm walking back into that locker room I'm going Okay, what we got going on right now is not working, right? Yep. Let's feature Mo Ibrahim. Let's construct plays based off of the same offensive line lineups and pulls that have less of the RPO bullshit. Run power, run off tackle with Mo Ibrahim and get him some space and let him make plays, okay? Because what ha- what's happening right now is just not working, and that could be just for this year, and that's fine, whatever. But for the time being, let, let, let the man go to work by himself. He's a patient running back. He's a powerful running back. Let him create some space for himself, you know? Yeah. I, I think I think the – no, that's, that's good perspective. And, I mean, honestly, like, especially with the Big Ten, just, like, weather-wise, and, you know, it's – it seemed, I mean, it's getting colder and all those games will be outside, like – you're going to have to run the ball. I mean, everybody knows that. That's kind of like what the Big Ten is known for is, you know, producing running backs and running the ball strong and everything. But, I mean, everybody knows that. And I think the thing that I would like to see out of the Gophers is uh, echoing what Peter said, you know, have a strong showing, play for pride. Like, obviously this season hasn't started the way we wanted it to or gone the way we thought it would. But – I, I would like to see better offensive sets out of offense coordinator, Mike Sanford, because what a lot of people don't realize is that coach Fleck doesn't call any plays. And so that's kind of a knock on him because he can, you know, in a way divert responsibility, but at the same time, he still owns up that, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to like my decisions and like who I put in the coaching staff and everything like that. And I'd really like to see Mike Sanford. I don't, he has to change something. Cause like you said, the scheme just isn't working. And Tanner Morgan looks so uncomfortable in the pocket and I can't, I don't know why I can't figure that out, but it's like without Tyler Johnson there, he is, he's looking down Rashad Bateman and he's missing open guys, not like crazy open, but throws that he can make and throws that he made last year. And honestly, like if you, as long as you don't get blown out in these games, I think you, you take that as a win. You know, I, I don't, if the Gophers can get to 500, if they can win three of four, I, hopefully they can be Purdue. I mean, I don't know. I try to look at everything in a positive, but it's tough to look at like how we've performed and be like, yeah, like I, I feel confident going into Purdue. I, 
I mean, it's just, it's tough. And I don't know if it's because of the summer, you know, not having a lot of time with because of COVID and everything or what, or if the defense is just so young. And another thing that people need to remember is, you know, we, there was four to five NFL caliber players in that defense that we lost. You know, there's an all American safety that we lost that like it or not, he, he scared a lot of quarterbacks and he might be an all pro now that now. Yeah. And now that that throwing, you know, you can, you can step up. If you can step them into the pocket and your wide receivers can get downfield. I mean, the Gophers really don't have an answer for anything. I mean, their offensive or their defensive line looks terrible. They can't get any pressure on the quarterback. And when they do their safeties are either up in blitz, like they're blitzing or they're, getting burnt in man and it's just all around it just looks bad and I don't like, I oh, I'm not a coach I don't know what the issue is I think that it's typical Minnesota fans to jump on the well we you know we got to fire we got to fire the coach we got to get something new in there because it's clearly not working last year yup I should have known shouldn't have got my hopes up all this shit and that's I don't know to you know I growing up in Wisconsin and like experiencing like the Brett Bielema era and then the Gary Anderson era and then the Paul Christ era like the first couple years Wisconsin football was like pretty high, pretty good with Brett Bielema, you know, then they hire Gary Anderson takes an absolute shit and the program sucks. I mean, those two years, he, that was terrible. You have to admit it. Yeah. They well terrible for the standards that have been set now. Right. Uh, I mean, it's still above 500, but not enjoyable. Sure. But I mean, you were losing, you know what I mean? Like you were losing games that you're like, come on, like we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be dropping. I don't know if they lost Illinois, but we'll just say, you know, dropping a game to Illinois and dropping a game to Michigan state or whatever, like that. He, he, he declined that program. And then Paul Chris has built it back up. And I think the problem is, is that with Minnesota is, you know, coach Fleck is riding those waves and he's going to be in it because Mark Coyle believes in him. You know, he's signed until 2025. So there's not going to be a, well, you know, it might not have been all of Gary Anderson's fault because he was bringing in his recruits. He had Brett Bielema's recruits, you know, they had a little different scheme and everything. So he takes a dip because he doesn't have his people in there. And then Paul Christ comes in and, you know, he doesn't have success right away, but like those first one, two, three seasons, he was already on the up, like the uptick. Yeah. And I, you know, he was familiar with the scheme and, you know, the players and all that stuff. And, you know, Wisconsin, he was like a Wisconsin raised person, you know, so it makes yeah. sense. But I think the problem is, is that Gopher fans are going to see this season as a dip, which rightfully so, you know, we went 10 and two last year and we beat an SEC team in a bowl game. And then now, you know, that I, I don't know. I just think that they overall like fans look at the negative way too much. And the last thing I'll say is there's a lot of people who think that coach Fleck apparently can't recruit at all. And that all of the guys, the reason that he had success last year is because they weren't even his players who he brought in, which to a, to an extent is true. He didn't bring in Tyler Johnson. He didn't bring in Antoine Winfield, but the quarterback was his Rashad Bateman is his. I, I want to say Mo Ibrahim is his like all guys that he brought in. He brought in the offensive, I think three of the five starting offensive linemen. So I think you could put that debate to rest, but I digress. Um, I'd like to see, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say more effort. Cause I mean, they're trying their, you know, they're playing their asses off, but a little bit better result, I guess. Um, so let's move on to Nebraska, Penn state. I don't have a lot to say about this other than it's very clear that Penn state and James Franklin have a lot on their plate and a, and a lot to figure out. Um, 
with the notoriety and the history of that program, even with all the skeletons in the closet, um, pretty famously very, very good at being very relevant within a year or two of a bad year. So I don't know, take, take it as you will, in my opinion, or, you know, um, for mm -hmm. this year, but Nebraska beat them 30 to 23. I still don't think Nebraska is a good team. I think Penn State's that bad this year. Yeah, um, I, I think Penn State, honestly, like that first game against Indiana really just kind of set the table for their season. Like it was just, it's just going to be one of those years where it seems that nothing will go right. And I mean, they lost to Ohio State by 14, I think, or maybe it was a little bit more. Obviously, that's a bad loss, but whatever, you get over that. They lose to Indiana by you know, a last second play. They lose to Nebraska by a touchdown. Who is, uh, who is the other team they played? Uh, Maryland. They played yeah. Maryland. I think Maryland kind of gave it to them, which, I mean, you know, a couple things bounce the other way and they're two and two, you know, they, they stop, you know, maybe that call for uh, the Indiana quarterback Penix, maybe he's called down. All right. You know, you start one and oh, and your season's completely different. You know, yeah. and I, I think that that maybe is that might be what the case is at Penn State. Obviously, it sucks. Jordy Brown, he just uh, retired due to medical conditions. Yeah. So he's done with football. So you lose your starting running back, which, you know, that's tough for any team. You bench Sean Clifford because he's been struggling. And like you said, I mean, James Franklin just has to figure some things out. I, I don't think, you know, I think he's a defensive minded coach. And it's not really the defense that's the issue. It's that they can't score enough points. Well, yeah, I mean, their offense it put up more, like almost double the yards that Nebraska did. So their their defense has to be, I mean, they didn't, uh, total net yards, Penn State 501, Nebraska 298. Um, total plays, Penn State 91, Nebraska 60. So uh, um, there was no interception. So there's got to be a fumble in there, I would assume, yeah. um, just based off those stats and the score. Um, but it makes you wonder though, if the defense is bad this year, you know, they might just yeah. suck. I think they had, I think they had four or five defensive draft picks, like much like Minnesota did. Sure. Um, I don't really care to spend a whole lot of time on that because I'm sure we will be able to, uh, probably tear them apart a little bit more and more as the season continues. Um, shout out to, uh, the, one Nebraska fan I know. Well, maybe he's not a Nebraska fan yet. I don't know, but he goes to school there. Shout out to uh, to Cooper. Oh, yep, our cousin Cooper. Yeah. Um, I won't say go Huskers or go Big Red because I don't like them, but I hope you do. Um. Okay, so give me one second here. I need to get back to need to get back to my scores. So Indiana, I think, uh, is fair to say. Um. You know, it's their first year. They they were better last year. You've been on them. You've been on them. Um, Big Hoosier guy. So, so they, they beat Michigan State 24-0. Yeah. So I'm still not full-blown on them. You know, now it's their first year. It's their coming out party to, hey, uh, let's let's talk about Indiana being relevant is kind of what they're saying right now. I'm not fully sold on them yet. But they're making their way up. They're they're pretty they're pretty good. They're pretty fun to watch. I have to say that uh, Penix, Penix, whatever junior, exciting to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. Doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about him. He's huge. Likes running all over. So 
um, whatever. You can talk about your boys. Oh, I would love to. So we got a huge matchup against Ohio State this weekend. Number 10, number three, lot, lot on the line here. I mean, the Big Ten East, potentially the Big Ten Championship is on the line here. Um, I believe it's in Columbus, which, you know, with no fans, it's not really that big a deal. But still, you know, home field advantage goes to the Buckeyes. But Indiana, dude, it's – oh. Ah, it's tough. It's tough to pick against them. Tough to pick against them. Ohio State coming off a week where they didn't play because Maryland tested, had too many positive tests for COVID. You know, they're going to be a little rusty, come out the gate a little slow. Who's to say? Wasn't it Purdue? Um, no, Maryland. Oh, it was Maryland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a little rusty out the gate maybe for Ohio State. I I don't know. It's tough to pick against Indiana, like I said. They just they got they got some mojo going on. They got some swagger. Like you said, that uh their quarterback, pretty, pretty damn good. Their defense isn't any isn't isn't too bad either. I mean, they had some crucial stops against Penn State. And I mean, they kind of blew Michigan out of the water, which obviously we see that Michigan isn't that great this year, but Michigan State. No, I know. They oh, they played oh, Michigan yeah. pretty uh, two weeks ago and they played them pretty good. Um but yeah, they shut Michigan State out, and they're not very good either. But I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see. Like you said, this is their first kind of year where everybody's like, whoa, Indiana, who's this team, you know? But ranked 10th coming in, they got to have a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. Um, they're playing well, and I, I hope the Hoosiers keep rolling. Yeah. Um, Illinois Rutgers, I, I, to be honest, uh, Illinois 23, Rutgers 20, I, I, I don't have a lot. Was there, uh, a, was there a trick play in this, Peter? Didn't you say there was some kind of trick play in this or something? Um, yeah. Didn't I send you the clip? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I'm be honest, but what happened? I watched it. I can't remember though. Neither can I. Oh, geez. Okay. (laughs) We'll put it it in. We'll put it in. Um, then Northwestern Purdue, uh, Northwestern, another one of those teams, another one of those teams, uh, whatever they, they have their wins and that's great. And they're ranked and that's awesome for them. Scared. Is that why you're talking them down? You're trying to convince yourself. You're like, oh shit. You no. you're a little are you a little nervous though? Not at all. You're a little nervous. Come on. Pat Fitzgerald, the muscle hamster coming into Mad Town. I, 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 I think scared. Is it at I Ryan Field? Is he I, the hope, is I he hope the so. Coach? So you shut the fuck up. I hope no. it's at Ryan Field. Pat is uh Pat is their head coach, but he's kind of a muscle hamster. They're famous for their strength coach coming out with no like yeah, the polo the with pol- the cutoff. Like, yeah, um is it at Ryan Field though? Uh, I don't getting, know, dude. I think you're getting a little nervous there. I, I hope it's you at Ryan. A little nervous. I hope it's at Ryan Field so I can shove it up your ass. That collar is getting a little tight on you. I'm just saying. I think you're getting a little nervous there, bud. Yeah, dude. I'm super nervous. But anyways, Northwestern, the ranked 19th. Um, um who'd they play or what, what happened in that game? Yeah, what was the score? Uh, 27-20 Northwestern. Um. I didn't watch much of it, but I, I, Purdue again is riddled with injuries. Like they, yeah. uh, I thought that they were going to have an uptick this year. Um, I don't know. It's just do you. Do you know if Rondell Moore played? I'm trying to figure that out is right he now. Still out. Uh, Rondell Moore did not play. So I mean that changes that Purdue team and what they look like. Oh, uh, absolutely. An outrageous amount. So. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about that game. I, I think Northwestern is a legitimate threat, if that's what you wanted me to say. I was just, I'm just asking if you're nervous, dude. I, you don't have to say yeah. anything. No, okay. Well, I'll clarify. Do I think they are a decent football team and that we should prepare them or, you know, prepare for them like they're a threat? Absolutely. Okay. 
but I'm not nervous. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Wisconsin, Michigan. He's nervous. All right. Here Confirmed. We go. Confirmed. Classic. Confirmed. All right. So Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, my only question coming into this game was, uh, or, you know, how are they going to look after literally no team activities? So we said on the last podcast that they were going to get into team activities on Wednesday or, you know, the Wednesday prior. They did not. They did a walkthrough on Friday and walk through Saturday morning. So whatever. Um, everyone, Graham Mertz. Ooh, Graham Mertz. He, he's not that good. Like, he didn't have to be good. Are you guys high? Like, oh, I was like, what do you, who said he's not that good? No, they're like from they're, the game or from the previous game? Like from no, the game from, against Michigan? Yeah, from the game against Michigan. Everyone, oh, gotcha. Everyone was, or, you know, people who don't actually pay attention. Sure. They're like, oh, look at those numbers. What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm like, okay, uh, well, let's look at it here. Can we, um, let's get to some rushing. How, Come on. Okay, this is horrible. Anyways, Wisconsin had 468 net yards, and uh, Mertz only threw for 127 yards. So Wisconsin had like 340-plus yards rushing on a combination of one, two, three, four, five people were over 30 yards rushing. That's not so, bad. Um, or, you know – Running, running by committee, that's fine with me. If they if they want to play good defense and run all over teams, with with who knows, we had we had a fullback with seventy one yards on six attempts. Now, do I think Michigan's really bad? Yes. So I'm not going to look into that a whole lot. But it, it made me feel a lot better about watching Wisconsin football. Um, knowing that we will be able to run the ball a little, a little bit at least, or you know, it's not going to all sit on Graham Mertz and the receiving core. Well, I mean, not so fast, my friend. I'm going to oh, stop yeah. you right there. I think that if you were a Wisconsin fan and you didn't think that if you thought the offense was just going to revolve around a quarterback because he had one game where he dominated a subpar team, I just, I don't think that you've been watching a lot of Wisconsin football over the years because. You know, I think they're going to find a way to get the running back in the running game involved regardless because they like to control the clock, control possession, and uh, really just control the game overall. Um, and, you know, they looked well. I mean, it helps that Joe Milton threw a pass to their – who is that? Who is that linebacker where he literally just got the ball thrown to him? Oh, uh, um... dude was just standing there, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. There were a few instances where – uh, you know, the, the turnovers were basically given to the Badgers, but I mean, that comes as a result. I'm not taking anything away. Yeah, I just, no. I'm making observations. That was funny. No, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it was a weird game and I, I can't tell if, and I don't want to think this way. I can't tell if Wisconsin is, is really like what they've done the last two games, if that's the truth or if the two opponents that they played are subpar and lackluster this year. So don't look into it so far. I'm leaning, I'm leaning like 60%. They're that good. 40% horrible opponents. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm yeah. not sold either way. The I think, I mean, I think that's fair. The defense looks really good. 
Um, leave it up to the most Wisconsin thing ever to go recruiting linebackers from Hawaii hmm. and sign the only white kid on any of the islands named Nick Herbig. He's a true freshman. He's going to be really, really good. Um, watch out for that name. Seriously. I, I, Nick Herbig, is, number 19, is a monster. Um, Great anyway, number. Yeah, not a bad one. Anyways, that's all. That's really all I have to say about um, Wisco. Obviously, um, I think it says uh, good things about the team that they had very little practice and they still stepped in and got it done a different way. They proved they could win a different way. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I kind of, you know, I'm, I'll echo that statement. Second time I said echo, but I don't know. I mean, I think, like you said, I didn't watch any of the game because I really didn't want to because I pretty much knew that Michigan was going to get fucking blown out. But um, they look good. What can you say? Give credit where credit's due, I guess. You know, Paul Chris knows how to prepare him in the crew neck, the old crew neck. But, you know, I don't think his speeches are probably very good, but he, he sure can prepare a football team. So, Peter, you got any thoughts on this or, or no? I do not. <laughs> Except the Badgers are going to get stomped two weeks from now. Ooh, I, I, have like a case of, I have a case of white claws on it. A case of white claws. Ooh. Oh, let me. I have a because one of my really good friends from high school, Michaela, went to UW. So each year we bet each other a case of white claws. And I guess like what? Shout out to Michaela. She just got accepted into medical school today. Ooh, Shout out that's to impressive. her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. Getting into med school is impossible, so that's cool. Um, let's talk about some hockey. Oh, no? wait a second. Oh, oh, oh. Oh man, I got chills. I mean, you just love to see it. You love to see another another week, another week of uh, the SEC with Spencer. The quick segment brought to you by uh, Ronald's Napkins. They clean your face. And anyways, so getting in right into it, right away, getting into it. Kyle Trask is gonna win the Heisman Trophy if Wrong. he keeps up his production level. I know, really, really going on the limb there, saying the big if, but you compare his numbers to Joe Burrow last year, and uh, he's beaten them in almost every category after six games gators looked phenomenal against arkansas throw up a 63 burger looking good the one thing well two knocks on them their defense tend to give up some big plays some big yardage that's got to change if they want to beat alabama second thing they kind of suck at closing games like (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know they're up by a lot but that even that georgia game looking back two weeks ago that was that that got a lot closer than i thought it was going to be but they come up they kind of dominate arkansas Uh, (laughs) trask trask has six touchdowns on the day they look good uh dirty dan mullen is just out there you know jumping in jumping in the stands with people fully masked of course um but gators look good so that's been your uh sec minute with spencer all right. Thanks, Spencer. Um, <laughs> Back to now, let's, now let's get into some Big Ten. Uh, let's get into some Big Ten hockey, shall yeah. we? So finally, we we did. We had some successful games this weekend. Uh, it's great to see. Uh, we open, you know, open the NCAA season. 
Wisconsin at Notre Dame. Wow, Wisconsin really knew how to just tickle me right in the right places this weekend. Boys, I had a good weekend of sports with Wisconsin football, hockey, and the Packers. I'm, I'm feeling feeling over the top prepared for an extreme letdown like every other year watching these teams. Um, so uh, Wisconsin Friday night won 2-0 to zero against Notre Dame. Um, you know, on the past podcast and in the blog, I said that a lot of their season – was going to be dependent on if Robbie Baydoon steps into the net and is confident, right? You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be great, but just a little bit of confidence. Friday night, what does he do? Pitches a 25 save shutout. When you see a grad transfer come in and your coach talks so highly of he's going to be our guy and he does that makes you feel like there are some positives, right? Um, and then Saturday, Wisconsin won five to three. Baydoon wasn't perfect, but whatever, that's hockey. Or, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna always. But he was still confident. And uh, what I loved watching from him, Spencer, you can speak on this. You've watched plenty of um, unconfident goalies. Oh yeah. Big when time. people, when people were getting breakaways, he had the confidence in his defense. The confidence to protect his rebound. He was getting protect the rebound. He was getting what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know, on the few breakaways, he was getting way out in front in the top of his crease to make tough angles for the first shot taker, and yeah. the defense got back and helped him. So, uh, so that's great. Clean it. So, what you're just describing. So he comes out, he meets not meets him, but you know, he comes out, he challenges the the offensive rush player. Player shoots. Now, is he letting the puck bounce off him? Is he going up, catching it with his glove? Is he knocking it with the blocker? What's going on here? Like, give us um, a little, like, is he is he hitting it to the left, letting the D-man, like, clean it up? Is he trying to knock it down and fall on it? Like, what do we got going on? Well, so, I mean, obviously, it depends where the shot is. Well, right. I, obviously, in that situation, you always want to get as big as you can and eat it off the protector and sure. swallow, you know, freeze the puck. Yeah. But sometimes you can't do that. Um, So far, what I've seen, he's quick with his blocker low side glove hand is his weak spot low side glove write hand that write that down write that down well, well no i mean anyone will be able to see it whatever low side glove hand is his only weak spot from what i can tell um, really he, he does a pretty good job eat, eating those pucks he's um when a puck does hit him in the chest I, I didn't see any get back out from him so if it is in the area he's gonna eat it but he I don't know if it was trust on his defense or if it just worked out that the defense got back. Obviously when you know you're two on one against a goalie, you, you want to shoot a shot that sets up a juicy rebound. Yeah. So it's tough to say if he was giving up juicy rebounds with the pad or, you know, with the uh, kick blockers yeah. or if the shot was directed to be more of a pass, but I don't know. Now, Scott, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go. No. Well, I think it had to do with what I was just saying. I was no, gonna... I just I wanted to bring in our expert, our uh, our NHL hockey expert, Peter. Now, when a goalie goes down and they're missing shots, or their their weak side is with their glove, is that is that something to be afraid of? Because a lot of times, you know, like you're catching a lot of things. Like, why aren't you stopping pucks with your glove hand? You know what? It would be something to be super afraid of. Um, you know, as a goalie, you don't want the puck to go into the net. So, yeah, use everything that you have at your disposal yeah wow 
that's perfect. Thank you. Now, now with the goalie coming out of the net to meet the guy on the breakaway, is that like in Lord of the Rings when the men of the West meet the armies of Sauron at the Black Gate? Yeah, I mean, essentially, because you have to have a, your balls have to be dragging on the ice to like really get out there, you know, because it's almost a sure-handed goal if you don't stop the puck and your D doesn't get back. If you, you know what I mean? And the yeah. D being Frodo and Samwise Ganji returning <laughs> exactly. the ring. So um, if, if the armies of the West don't get out there in time, then like the other armies will, you know, clearly just flank them and go and score the goal by killing, uh, what's his name? Frodo. Okay. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. So um, I'll, I'll drop the Badgers and we can touch the score on Arizona State, Michigan. But um, just last takeaways. I don't know if you saw any highlights or from the game. Uh, but I saw Coach Granado's flow. That was filthy. Thanks yeah. for coming out. Jesus. Yeah. That was like just a head of lettuce, man. Yeah. What a, what a legend. Um, but one thing I noticed, um, Cole Caulfield is not probably going to have the points that he had last year. Um, from what is normally a very stout defensive team, they were playing four and one on Cole Caulfield. They were shattered. They were shadowing Cole Caulfield. So obviously you can, that's great. If you're a Wisconsin fan or, you know, the, the people who are surface fans and don't understand hockey, they go, Oh, why did why isn't Caulfield scoring scoring? He had two assists, so everyone needs to relax. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't he I gonna totally get his that. apples? Yeah, so he got two assists, but everyone's like, why isn't he scoring? It's like, do, do you watch the games? Do you understand how people are playing defense against him when he's on the ice? That is all they're worried about. He's like Ovechkin, kind of. Not I mean, he's not he's not that's Ovechkin. Not a bad thing. That, that's not a bad problem to have, though. I mean, <laughs> no. When you have when you have a few of the other weapons that Wisconsin does, that yeah. that that changes things a lot. The defense looks solid, not great, but better than last year. So I feel good. Um, Wisconsin only had seven Big Ten wins all of last year, and they already have two. So. <laughs> Woo! Already off to a good start. Can I get a round of applause for uh, my uh, for my feel good? I'll, I'll clap for uh, Coach Granado and the coaching staff, but that's it. Uh, everything everything else, I don't I don't stand for that. I don't like what um, they stand for. This is oh, a year I fall in love with hockey. Yeah. That's also, right. also hockey guy of the week from me goes to Cole Caulfield because he got absolutely annihilated, and it was potentially a dirty hit based off of his size. Like it was just unfortunate, I think a bigger guy hit him right in the face, but I don't necessarily think it was dirty, but yeah. it looked very dirty and he hit him in the head. So they have to kick him out. Yeah. Coffee Caulfield said in an interview this morning, he goes, you know, I, I wish everyone would just relax about that. Like if anyone got hit that hard, they would lay on the ice for a second. Like it's part of hockey. So, <laughs> so Hey, you gotta, you gotta give him credit for that. <laughs> um, the only reason he said that is because he wants the Canadians to have faith in his physical game when he Probably, finally decides yeah. you know, to go. You know he got off the ice. He was like, fuck. Oh, dude, where am I? He was talking to, he was talking to Coach Oz on the bench. He's like, oh, I really I really think that uh, we just got to we gotta get the pucks deep. Just get them deep, man. Just get right, right in there. Yeah, Very he, far deep. He got absolutely lit up. I can't deny that. But anyways, uh, Arizona State, Michigan. So – Friday night, uh, Arizona State won, yeah, Michigan right, eight. Peter Fork. No, like that. Fork. No, no, no crossing. Michigan like, eight. Yeah, it's just 
Yeah. Anyways, forks up, but forks um, up. Arizona state got a very untimely and a very uh, unfortunate welcome to the big 10. They lost eight to one Friday night. Yikes. Well, let me, and I'll say the score for Saturday night or Sunday. Um, they lost Arizona state lost three to zero Sunday, but better. I think Michigan might win a national championship this year. Dude, they are. What are they ranked? Are they ranked or no? Yeah, they're ranked, but they're going to be ranked higher, dude. They are fucking good. And their lineup is littered with NHL draft picks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Johnny Beecher, Beaker, however however the fuck you pronounce that, he is an animal. He also got lit up. You guys probably saw that video. I missed that one, though. Really? Chicklets put it out, but whatever. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I This is, like, way off, but how come when I put in Michigan head coach hockey, Jim Harbaugh still comes up? He coaches every team. That's ridiculous. But anyways, continue. Maybe that's why their football team is suffering. I watched a little – I watched uh, – I watched more than just the regular highlights for these games from Michigan. Like I Bell Pearson just has some gross hair. Like, figure it out, buddy. Um, Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines, and I hate to say that, Michigan Wolverines are a grown man hockey team. For real, oh, man. No, for real. Like, I, I real. think you, I think you would say I watch enough hockey to make that statement. I mean, I again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the opinion of our in-house hockey expert Peter. I don't know if you saw. Are they a grown? Are we, are we giving it? Are we giving it a Peter Chell stamp of approval? Grown man hockey team. So I give Marcus a place on the council, but I do not grant him. Oh, fuck the title off. of hockey that's right. master. That sucks. I hope All this right. doesn't. I hope this doesn't bite but, me in the ass. Um. So we have a short, anyways, uh, my team to watch out for other than Wisconsin, but I don't like talking about Wisconsin hockey that much, okay. like in an overconfident way, because they always hurt my feelings. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to remain calm on the surface for now. Okay. So Michigan's good though. You're thinking like, look out for them. I'm, I'm thinking Michigan, like, uh, can we maybe start a segment of, uh, can I get a, they're pretty good segment maybe sure we'll title Mich- it that. yeah they're like you said <laughs> michigan's got my stamp of approval like i think they're gonna win 75 percent of their games good pierce is pretty good stamp of approval write that down there you yeah. go um, um thursday thursday uh your boys get penn to play state. get to play penn state um wisconsin plays michigan and michigan state plays arizona state so now we're into it we are going to get into it it is it, it's gonna be huge okay. um <clears throat> oh speaking of huge i got a i got a, a massive go for hockey blog coming out this week okay um before i say that or before we get into <laughs> before we get into minnesota uh wisconsin michigan right off the jump here we go i th- i think it's two teams that are uh, i think are very good i think wisconsin's better than last year and more calm so that's where i say they're very good I think Michigan's grown, but that'll be an interesting game to watch. I think it'll say a lot of. Yeah. No, okay. no we're listening. I'm just having fun, man. Jeez. Um, Minnesota, Penn State. No, finish what you want to say about Michigan. Is Michigan just going to like take it to Wisconsin with their physicality? Because I know Wisconsin isn't 
I, I mean, I don't know this, but I'm going to guess they're not like a very like big team physically. They're more oh, they're kind of like a, like a Bruins like snipe show or. No, they're big. It, it didn't make any sense. Like what I saw this weekend from the Badgers is the reason I'm talking about it this way. There was no I'm the show and I'm going to score. It was none of that. It was a Ty Pelton Bice, like I said, freak mm-hmm. assists, had some nasty assists. I, I predicted that he would get some assists. Okay. Um, a lot of big bodies. Ryder Donovan was out there chucking hips. Um, mm-hmm. And Sam Stange, freshman, number three, from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The kid stepped in and made an immediate impact. He he stepped on the he stepped on the ice with an attitude, mm-hmm. not not in a bad one. Yeah. Uh, and and he wasn't afraid of the physical play. Granted, he's six two two fifteen. So that, that, that doesn't helps. hurt. That doesn't hurt. But he, he's a freshman with no Big Ten experience. Sure. And he made a difference. Dylan Holloway, drafted number 14th overall to the Edmonton Oilers this year. He had a goal, had an assist, had a few big hits. So they're getting it done by committee. I, I really liked what I saw. Their power play looked phenomenal. Really calm, really professional, not just taking shots to shoot but Picking kind of their, setting some stuff up very, very well. So I, I think this weekend could potentially be a test of for sure is Wisconsin that good. Cause I know Michigan is, that's how I, that's how I really feel. Mm-hmm. And we might be looking at a big 10 championship game potentially. I think Minnesota is going to be really good. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that in stone yet, obviously, but um, let's get into it. Uh, your boys are going to play on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm going to release a very, very nice video based off that. Peter's Hockey Breakdown, um, where I watch the game, record myself, and uh, break it down. Are you actually going to do that? I'll do it. That'd be kind of lit. <laughs> That'd be funny. Should we, yeah, hey, hey, is that on TV? Um, It's on the Big Ten Network. The Big Ten Network. Thursday night? 7.30 uh i'd have to stream it boys are we uh are, are we doing a wisconsin michigan minnesota penn state live stream back to back because i'm gonna watch both games let's do it <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it off air <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways uh um, minnesota, minnesota penn state one we could though mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways uh here's hockey breakdown i can see it in lights now i oh, think me yes, too ESPN's cutting out some time for it, actually. Right at first, yeah. Coming live to you from first half. Anyways, how are we feeling about the season? I'm feeling good, dude. I mean, you look at this team, you bring it back. Ben Myers, uh, first team All-Big Ten freshman, led the team, or led led a lot of – he didn't lead the team in points, but he, he did – he played well. He had a lot of points last year. I think he had 26, 26 to 30. Uh, any team with Sammy Walker on there, you're going to have, that's going to be tough. You got to contain him. Uh, Brandon McManus to look for him to continue his role, kind of step up, you know, be that playmaker, that gritty guy. He's not afraid to mix things up. The kicker. No, the winger for the Gophers, but yes, gotta, there is, there's also a kicker. We got another one. That's another, yeah, are they brothers? No, they're, I don't <laughs> think they're related. I don't know where, I don't know where he's from. I know that our Brandon McManus is from California. So if the other one is from California, maybe they are, but I think it's different spellings too, to tell you the truth. But look for uh, McManus not to doink any pucks this year. Um, bring him back. Speaking of confident goaltenders, I think you're going to see Lefontaine 
be confident between the pipes this year. Um, you know, getting named assistant captain, I'm sure that helps your, you know, confidence level and everything. Uh, and really, you know, coach Motzka really came out and just kind of said, like, you know, we believe with the guys in the room, like, obviously we named four captains and not to just kind of keep going on the captain thing, but, you know, we named four captains, but if we want to go where we think we can go, you know, we got to have a whole team behind them. And it sounds like uh, coach Motzko really, really thinks that that's the case. And that's, that's good to see. I mean, you, like, it's always good when your coach, you know, believes in you. And obviously coaches will say that whenever, but when they truly are like feeling good and thinking that you can go somewhere, they'll say it. And I think you're going to see a lot of wheeling, a lot of deeks and a lot of, a lot of goals scored this year. I think Minnesota's offense is going to be close to top in the country, just with the speed that they have. And, you know, they're not afraid again to mix it up, but they'll bring that D that four D man up and they'll bring him, and he'll be launching. He'll be saucing some pucks at the net, try to go high in the tendy and, We'll see what happens, but I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. Penn State, obviously, conference-only season. That's a tough test to start. Like you said, they lost a lot of guys, but there's still no pushover. I don't think any game in the Big Ten is a pushover, but like like you said, we'll see. Yeah, so that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, with the Big Ten being so contentious in hockey, it always feels like, or, you know, like it's you never know night in and night out who the fuck you're going to get, really. I mean, based off of from what I've seen since Wisconsin and Minnesota joined the Big Ten, you know, it just um, now when you look at the preseason coaches poll uh, coming into this weekend, it's the number one team in Minnesota and the last team in Penn State. So do you immediately look in that and knowing that the Big Ten is so contentious, like I said, do we have an immediate trap game on our hands? It's at Minnesota, empty arena in a live 3M arena. Are, are you nervous about that or are they, are they going to be that good? That um, like, are... Well, normally I don't, you know, hark on Minnesota too much, but I don't think there's going to be that big a difference between a, a normal 3M arena at Mariucci crowd and not having a crowd at all. Um, or is it normally just Wisconsin that's packed? attendance yeah attendance has been down I mean they raised the prices which you know people hate to see but it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of you know how the Gophers come out and play especially with the first game and everything um but I I don't know I don't think it's necessarily a trap game because you really the first game of the year you don't really know how players how things are going to go overall you know like you might have somebody come out and go for five points and then they don't have any more points the rest of the year you just it's too too hard to tell I don't think you can call it that just because it's so early yeah but what do you say about like when Alabama opens up the season against Holy Cross yeah of course we haven't seen Alabama yet but we know they're gonna fucking win well yeah but that's like that's like if the Gophers opening up against like (laughs) Mississauga State Community College or something like you know they just a warm-up game we'd probably get dummied by them I doubt it open up with red red deer recreational uh men's league red deer against antigo that'd be a hell of a matchup rick um, against allen do we uh, are we putting a number prediction you you said that you think minnesota is going to be a high scoring team this year are we talking are we talking four points a game high scoring like are, are like that high i don't see why not four are, three four goals a game sure i mean they got it, the goaltending to keep them under two I think anytime your goalie can only allow two goals, you got a shot. As an um, in-house hockey expert, I give that the stamp of approval. We're not going under four goals at all this season. <laughs> in any in any game. Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be awesome. 
I mean, it would probably be the best college hockey season ever played, potentially. All Next. right. Um, any prediction for, for score for Friday night game? 5-3. Thursday night game. 5-3 Thursday. Okay, 5-3 because of LaFontaine is not that great? No. Or a little rusty. He'll be a little rusty, I think. Um, you know, give up probably a cheap goal. And I think the boys will be ready, but the defense might, you know, overstep, be too aggressive a little early in the season, you know. They might give up a couple breakaways, which – hate to see that but it'll be interesting I mean I haven't you gotta remember I haven't watched these guys since last March so I don't really know what's gonna happen but like I said coach Motzka's Motzko was feeling uh feeling confident the boys and I gotta side with him I gotta go with them you know yeah no I definitely I definitely like coach Motzka um I know at the beginning of the show um we can move on from the Big Ten hockey I know at the beginning of the show we talked about uh doing the presidential hockey team last I think we should do it right now since we're talking about hockey. Plus one basketball lineup. Plus plus <laughs> plus our, our in-house hockey guy is doing Seven. a basketball lineup. All right, uh, Peter, why don't why don't you are are you reading it with us or are you giving us your starting lineup right down? I'll give you my starting lineup right down the line. So we're starting off our presidential hockey lineups list with the presidential basketball starting five. Yes. No. <laughs> All right, so. In today's modern league, we see a lot of smaller guys shooting the three ball, but we also see a lot of big guys shooting three ball. But I'm a big fan of old school basketball. I like those two big guys right in the middle. So obviously, with my pick at center, our tallest president ever at 6'4", Abraham Lincoln. I didn't choose him just because he was tall. Abraham Lincoln was actually a prolific wrestler back in his day, probably because he was so tall. Um, so I trust him down low being a physical aggressive presence in the paint and to back him up, a center has got to have a power forward with the same level of aggressiveness. And I'm throwing down Teddy Roosevelt. Oh yeah. Not sure if he knows what the game of basketball was. I don't know if it was. What do you mean? Teddy wrote. Okay. What, how, how, when was he president? Not like that 19, long ago. 1904 to <laughs> so basketball was a thing. maybe. <laughs> yes, but did he ever hold the basketball in his hand? I almost guarantee it. Probably. All right, fine, whatever. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about his basketball prowess, but I know he was an avid boxer. Um. Uh, led the rough route, rough riders in the Spanish American War. Um, so you know he, he likes to tussle a little bit. So I think he'd be a good compliment to Abe Lincoln. At my small forward position, Ulysses S. Grant. And what I imagine for him is basketball is for sure not a thing when he was around, but <laughs> he was the general that kept the union together. Um, I'm thinking he's going to be like a LeBron slash Giannis slash maybe um, KD type player, a ball dominant forward, has a ball in their hands, not afraid to make a play. At my, shooting guard, <laughs> at my shooting guard position. JFK. Um, not really sure why I chose JFK at that position. I was thinking like... Because he's a shooting guard. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking about that, but <laughs> um, I was thinking that I needed a little bit more drama in my lineup. You know, he's a handsome guy. Um, a lot of uh, scrutiny with his presidency because he was Roman Catholic, if you guys didn't know. Um, and a lot of presidents before that. As am I. We're not Roman. None. Catholic. He's the only Roman Catholic. He's the only Catholic ever to be president. 
I did not know that. Fun fact. And obviously, my number one pick at 6-1, Barack Obama. Um, he's the only president I've seen shoot a basketball, and he's he has a pretty nice jumper. So, obviously, he has to be in the lineup. And my sixth man, George Bush. Um, Which one? Uh, junior. Slow, solely off of uh, the first pitch he threw in Yankee Stadium after 9-11. Yeah. Now, that was a snipe, so I trust him coming off the bench. That's true. Dude's and, got uh, absolute just nerves of steel. Exactly. Yeah, big, big Corner nuts. accuracy. If if they needed him come off a bench in a big moment, um, I think he's there. But yes, that is my certified president's basketball lineup. It can take the Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Warriors, the ninety six Bulls. The T Wolves. <laughs> the T Wolves for sure. All right. I think we can take the T Wolves. Yeah. Um, People are asking. Hey, I, I I don't disagree with any of your choices. I don't think I I, li- I like them all. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think you put Barack in the in the LeBron position because you know he can literally ball out. But yeah, you um, could switch it because Ulysses S. Grant was a general, so he's a floor general. Could be a good point guard. But yeah, so I I like it, Peter. I like your lineup. I think it's solid. I think it's a great great lineup. All right, uh, Spencer. How are we gonna do this? Are are we going to read them line for line with each other? Compare lines? Sure. Okay, you, you can go first, or would you All like right. me to? I can read my first line, then you read yours, and you read your second, I read my second. We'll go back and forth. All right. So my first line, at forward, got to go with Will William Clinton. Has to be your first line forward. I mean, the dude is just oozing confidence. Just, a, I mean – He's a sex symbol. He's got the most confidence in the world. He's got it all. He's got the good hair. He's got the ability to get things done. Um, one of the only presidents to ever leave with a surplus instead of a deficit with the economy. So, you know, he can score goals, score points, and he's, he, he wants what's best for everybody. That's why he's my, uh, my number one forward on the left side. Um, and he's just an all around solid player. Just a great, great, pickup right there my number one center and assistant captain is uh teddy roosevelt he's the he's kind of the you know the, the the tough guy on the first line he's not afraid to mix it up as peter said he's part of the rough riders getting in there getting gritty he's got some great facial hair great mustache so he's gonna get gritty down in the down in the low areas you know he's not afraid to mix it up especially as a center he can win a lot of face-offs and he's he's just a grindy grimy but he's still you know he's superstar he's still a superstar great president so, you know, he can get things done as well in office and he got shot, survived that. So he can take a punch, you know, he'll stand up for his teammates. That's why he's an assistant captain. Right wing for, uh, for my first line is JFK. A lot of similarities to Bill. They play off each other really well with, uh, with the confidence and the, uh, the ability just to wheel, you know, they're, you know, that JFK is not afraid to step up in the big moments. You, uh, you look at the Cuban missile crisis had absolute just nerves of steel, did not waver at all, didn't back down. You know, he might be a little undersized for his position, but he's going to come out and he's going to snipe a lot of goals and he'll, he'll, he'll take you right to it. And a little, uh, little nervous about if his legs can hold up in a full season, but I think they will. And I got JFK as my right wing. He's going to be passing tape to tape passes to, uh, to Billy and Billy might be throwing it to Teddy and Teddy throws it in or Teddy throws it back to JFK. Who knows? But that's my first line. 
We chose so, to go to the moon, not because it was easy. We chose to go to the moon because it was hot. Exactly. Now watch me go top left on your attendee. Exactly. Jesus. Okay. Um, right. So my first line, uh, feel free to weigh in whenever you'd like, if you would like to dispute it for <laughs> your own reasons. Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so, you know, left wing starting off, maybe controversial, but whatever thomas jefferson founding father wrote wrote the constitution so you know on your first line you need to have a pillar you yes. need to have a building block he's a building block of you know of democracy so that's why i got him up there um at center you know just needs to be an absolute beauty needs to be able to pass needs to be able to dig you out of a hole if he needs to put the team on your back bill clinton isn't it Fuck no. At my captain, my goddamn captain, Barack Hussein Obama. Oh man. Don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. Okay, so he 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 pulled us out of maybe the you know what was the greatest deficit since the Great Depression. Sure. So he knows how to come back from a lead. And where does the comeback start from in the locker room? Your captain, Barack Obama. So that that's where I sit with that. Now you got Abe Lincoln at right wing. He's big, he's gritty, he's not afraid to go against the grain, obviously. Um, you know, he'll get in there, he'll fight he'll defense and offense. So that's where I sit with that. My, you know, first line, a lot of consistency. You got a pillar, you got a dude who can get you out of a hole, and you got a dude who's not afraid to mix it up and go against the grain of the way everyone thinks. So Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. I, I don't have Lincoln. I had him as a D man, but I moved him to a different position, which we'll keep, we'll keep up. You'll get to it. Um, I'll do my, actually, I'll just do my second line. Okay. I'll just go first or whatever, if that works. At left wing, we got the team captain, George Washington, first president, you know, a natural born leader, uh, was a general in the army, you know, helped win us the revolutionary war. Um, he, he fits in that this second line. Well, I think just, you know, he's, he's a role player. He didn't want, he didn't want to start him. That's why I don't have him at the first player. You know, he only wanted to be president for eight years. He didn't want to continue that kind of reign, which, you know, I respect that. And he's, he's just, he's going out there and he's getting it done. You know, he's not going to have a hat trick probably, but you know, he's going to have his couple assists, maybe a goal average about 20 to 25 goals a year, you know, 30 to 40 assists. Not bad. You just get it done. You get your 70 points and you go home, you know, your paycheck. So there's your captain, George Washington at center on my second line. This is a glue guy, perfect glue guy. Good enough to be second line. Not quite good enough for first line, George W. Bush. You put him at the center. He wins face-offs. He can win a lot of, he won two presidential elections. You know, he won the hanging Chad debate. So good at winning face-offs that's what you need in the second line center um he can he sure can pass he was he was good at passing on a lot of things he passed a lot of bills so um you know he's good and he's a great teammate he had the no child left behind act so you know he's not gonna leave any teammate in the dust he's always gonna be there for you have your back everything like that and i really like the chemistry with my right wing and my center on this one with george w bush and obama they they play well off each other you know they still have a great relationship even after both presidencies were over um, you see George Bush and Michelle Obama going back and forth with giving each other candy at events. I mean, you just, you cannot go wrong with that chemistry matchup. And I think they work well. And Obama's that right wing that, you know, you really want to, I want him in my first line. And he's, he's, he's the kind of dude where he's good enough to be on the first line of about 
30 of the 32 teams and I'm just not one of them. You know, I just, it's, it's too good of a roster, but great second liner. He can fill in. He's on the power play for sure. So I got Obama in the right wing. George W. Bush is my center and uh, George Washington is my left wing. So there you go. That's my second line. Um, okay. Well, I'm kind of going uh, with a little bit of uh, uh, like a, a shock and awe theme. Let's say with this one a little bit. Is it um, the Bushes? Well, no. Okay, I that guess would I, cool. that would have been a good shock and all. I should have done that. The shock and all line. Damn it. Yeah. So it, it's more because of what these people did in their time as president and during their time as president. So you know, Ulysses Grant uh, on the left wing. He's out here. He's not. He's not afraid to change things. He's not afraid to get things done. You mm-hmm. know. Not not afraid to go, you know, another guy, not afraid to go against the grain and do the, the, the hard thing right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At, at center, assistant captain, Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he's the guy that that when things get tough, he gets better. Yeah. He, he gets better in situations like that. And when you have a second line that has composure, your team gets a lot better. I agree with that, yeah. Not at right wing. Just to tie it all together with the other two, George W. Of course, yeah, I'm telling you, gotta have gotta, be George, there. gotta have George up there. He he he's a rat. Um, you know when, when he talks, he's actually kind of funny sometimes. So he'd be the guy out on the ice, playing with the skill guys and bringing the skill, but also bringing like not the mean chirps and just not a glue like guy. yeah, just a glue guy. Like you said, he'll get out there um, when he's not on the ice. He'll make sure everyone's water bottles good to go. Um, if, if you need some, if you need some salt, he'll break it for you. He'll give it to you. Be the um, guy. I love it. So that's where I sit with that one. I really think that honestly, George W. Bush would be the DJ probably too in the locker room. Could yeah, there could you it. could argue it for sure. So third line, keeping strong here, left wing Jimmy Carter, little undersized for sure, but a quick guy, speedy, and he. You talk about a team player and a teammate. He cares about every single guy in that dressing room. You cannot tell me that Jimmy Carter wouldn't care about every single teammate. He would get it done. He would be the dude who would, you know, somebody needs an ACL here, take mine. I don't need mine. Like, you have it. Again, a little undersized, but he can move the puck speedy on the ice. He'll get it done. He'll move the puck up. Center, I'm following the Bush theme here. George H.W. Bush. You put him in at center, read my lips. No new taxes. I mean, he he called his shot and he did it. I mean, you can't go against that. You know, like the confidence, a third line center needs to have confidence. He can get the puck to his guys. He can win some faceoffs, you know, and he's going to get it done. So you got George H.W. Bush there at this third line center. And then right right wing, third line FDR. Again, one of those guys were could see it, could move him up in my lineup. He can get penciled in, but. Is it the same? Do we have the same line? Yeah. Oh, that's no, funny. just FDR, just FDR. Oh, okay. but... but FDR, I mean, you, you talk about a dude, longevity. He's the veteran. He's the grizzled vet. He's out there. He's looking for a cup, maybe. You know, he might have had some, but he gets it done. He gets in the he gets in the dirty areas. He he moves the puck tape to tape. He does all the superlatives. He gets pucks in deep. He's hitting the salt bags with the boys. And he's just making sure everybody's out there. And when it comes clutch time, he'll he'll bring a drag out of an economic depression. So Fair. there you go. That's my third line. Jimmy Carter, left wing, George H.W. Bush center and FDR right wing. Okay. So 
I agree with all of your explanations on that as well. Uh, you know, you could write the lineup for my team is, is kind of what I'm picking out here. But yeah. um, third line, uh, another alternate captain, JFK. So the reason I have him uh, left wing third line is you usually have on a hockey team, you're th- there's always a third liner that uh, is a man rocket really good looking the guy that you would like to to be out at the bars with because he'll probably get you a, a, you know I'll get it done so he's you know ladies man good looking um and my line lacks that yeah 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 you always you always have uh or, you know with JFK you always have a guy that uh, on the third line that can step up when he needs to get it done but usually doesn't stick around on the team too long, unfortunately. So that's why he's on the third line. Uh, there's always one of those guys um, at center on the third line, George H.W. Uh, Bush. So we were really close. We were really nice. close there. Um, you pretty much said it how I was going to say it. Call your shot. Um, he's going to get it done. You know what? what he, and that's what you need out of, the, out of the third line guy. Was he necessarily the biggest guy? No, but but his attitude was thick and stocky, you know, he's in there wins face-offs and then on the, on the right side, FDR, and you explained it exactly literally how I was going to explain it. That's why I freaked out earlier. Fourth line. Fourth line. All right. This is going to be, this is where your grinders come to work. And this is where you want some guys who really, who they're not afraid to mix things up and let me play <laughs> my center, not afraid to mix things up and maybe even take it that little, that little extra step where his wires get crossed and he goes full mutant, but <laughs> left wing Donnie Garfield, sure. Garfield, perfect left winger, big bulky throws his weight around in office has a stint out of office, comes back into office. That's how good he is. He Go. said, no, I'm going to leave, came back, got voted back in. How good is that? That's why you want him on your fourth line. You bring him in, you plug and play him. He's always ready to go, always ready to go. So you got Garfield, going to be awesome right there. There you go. And then, shit, was that Garfield or Grover Cleveland who had? I thought, that was, I thought that was Taft. No. He's a guy that couldn't fit into the bathtub. It was Garfield. God I got it. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was tall shit. <laughs> What was it? I'm pretty sure it's Grover Cleveland. Off the fucking rails. Yeah, it was. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Garfield yanking him. He's going to be a healthy scratch. We're going to healthy scratch Garfield because I had my G's mixed up right down in HS there. Healthy scratch. And we're going to insert Grover Cleveland. And basically for the reasons I just said, because I mixed them up. So Grover Cleveland comes in. He's a plug and play type dude. He can have it for you. He can take a night off. He can have it back in for you again. He's ready to go. Healthy scratch. He's like, boom, I'm in, ready to go. Center, Nixon, not afraid to get in a little tizzy. He's going to throw his hands. He's going to throw his weight around. He's going to be the tricky dickster. I mean, he's just going to do his thing, you know, and you need that out of the fourth line guys. And then right wing to keep them all in a row and like Nixon's wires get crossed. Cleveland's got an off night. Woodrow Wilson consistency, mm. bring in consistency, bring in that just like aura of calmness. He can lead you through a world war. He can, he does what he does, whatever is necessary to try to stay out of conflict. You know, he tries to avoid conflict. He doesn't want to get too much into it. You know, he didn't quite get into world war two right away, but isolationism. Exactly. You bring, you take yourself away from it. That's why he's the perfect one to fit on this fourth line because you got Cleveland 
plug and play Nixon wires cross going to throw his hands going to get in a few couple fights maybe you know have a little Watergate issue and then Woodrow Wilson keeping it all calm holding the fort down I think that's a solid fourth line thank you um <coughs> mine is <coughs> uh quite the mix quite the mix and for different reasons oh boy L- left wing you got Jimmy Carter of course and not necessarily because of what he did as a president but all the work he did after his presidency he's the guy that gets in there he's trying to work up the roster right now uh, in my in, in my head you know so he's the guy that gets in there does the work before practice puts in the work after practice. You know what I mean? You love your fourth liners to be working as hard as your best players. So that's why I got Jimmy Carter there. Then, of course, Mr. Bill Clinton at center on the fourth line. Jesus. You know what I mean? Classic Dirty Bill. I don't because he's on my first line. <laughs> Dude, Dirty Bill, what, what do you need from your fourth line center? You need – him to get into dirty areas what is bill clinton good at getting into dirty areas (laughs) so that's why i got him fourth line center um he's consistent enough that he's not a liability out there but he's just enough of uh you know a little speed ball that 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 he he can get in the dirty areas and tip some pucks in if you know what i mean wow all right (laughs) on your right wing geez okay uh right wing Herbert Hoover. Um, you, you need it. You need a dude. You need a dude who can, who can hold down the fort kind of, um, you know, he, he tried his best at the great depression. Didn't work out really, but I think that was not really so much his fault as a more of a result of what was going on everywhere. Sure. Um, but he did get everyone out of the great Mississippi river flood in 1927. That's right. People yeah, so that. and guess what ice is made out of water, right? So he makes water his bitch. You need to have a fourth hey, line. Like you know, I didn't even think of that, didn't even put two and two together. You think of that, Peter? Did you have that? I didn't, <laughs> and I'm the resident hockey expert. That's right. All right, that wraps up my uh start, my my wingers and forwards. All right, now we're moving on to the D men, and let me tell you, holy shit, I, how many people are on a hockey team? A lot, a lot. <laughs> I'm joking. You're so fucking bored right now. There's three, <laughs> three defensive pairs, two goalies, or yeah. something like that. Nice. Yeah. So my first D pair is the general line because we got General Dwight D. Eisenhower in the left D and General Ulysses S. Grant on the right D. You got these boys flying around just making defensive strategies. Now, I will say they were more they're more offensive minded because they were the they were, you know, they were trying to be aggressive. Eisenhower, he had to get in, he had to defeat Hitler, he had to defeat Mussolini. You know, you got to get in there, you got to make pucks get in deep, which he did. He scored a goal. People forget 1945, he scored a crucial goal against the Nazis to help the Allies win. And then Ulysses S. Grant, I mean, basically down to the wire. Has to make a has to make a defensive stand at Gettysburg, and he gets it done. He gets it done. He has some off the field issues with with a little bit of alcoholism, but when the team needs him most, he's there for the boys. He's there 
crushing defenders or crushing offensive wingers, trying to stop defenders right into the boards. He's bringing the puck up well. He's using his offensive skill set, but he's also a defensive minded. So you might see Eisenhower creep up in that blue line, but Grant will be right there to kind of sweep in and cover for him. So that's my general line for you. First, first deep pair right there. Yeah, so I agree with the Dwight D. Eisenhower. Big fan of that. And the reason I put him on D, even though he's kind of an offensive guy, you need a Brent, you need a Brent Burns of the world. You need a defender, like you said, who knows how to score. But you know, his offense is so good. He's got to be trusted. You know, if he can do that in a world war, right? You, you would have what's to. What's he going to do on the ice? I mean, well, I, and you would have to imagine if he can go on someone else's turf and do that no chance anything's happening here. So he's a great defender, right? Built up the infrastructure. I mean, he built, he literally built, you know, he's the perfect kind of dude too, just to add to, you know, what you're saying with the whole defender, what's going to happen on this turf. He took game film from, he saw what the Nazis had. He said, Hey, you know what? We should use that boys. We're going to build an interstate system. Now our defenders can get anywhere. So basically he's just building up the team with film study. So great point again with the defender there. Um, Then on right wing, I have Harry Truman. The reason I say that, uh, the man is a fighter for the people. Uh, pretty much his whole stick in office was fighting for Social Security and people who don't have it as well, which at the time was a, a, a little progressive for, I think, uh, what some people believed in. So you have a guy, Dwight D. Eisenhower, good D-man, but definitely not afraid to jump into the zone and score the puck. Then you got Harry Truman, who's looking out for the boys on the back end. You know, when Dwight jumps up in the rush, he'll be back at uh, center ice, making sure that there's not a not an ugly break towards the goalie. So that's right. You love that D pair. Um, what's your two, what's your second line? Yeah, so Harry Truman finds his way onto my second line as a left D man. Uh, little undersized for the position, which you know that's what kind of kept him off my front line. Plus, I wanted those two generals to be there because I think that's a really cool line to have. But I have Harry Truman there. Again, what you said, perfect breakdown. He's there for the boys. He does everything right that way. But, you know, he's got stones, too. He's not afraid to mix it up. He was the one who made the call to, you know, use the atomic bomb against Japan. So he's not afraid to kind of, again, step up and play offensive D-man, I think. But he's there for the boys. He'll be my left D-man. And then my right D, LBJ. Dude's huge. I mean, you can't go wrong there. He, he talk about a guy who is uh, – kind of for the boys you know he's got he's he was doing his best to get some civil rights things passed and you know gets hit a little bit because of the vietnam war he wasn't looking out for the boys there but that's all right you know sometimes you just get sucked into that but uh lbj right d i think he's a solid player there you know he fits the role and he's gonna he's gonna he'll have a few goals here and there but he's not gonna get you know shoved around too much so okay on uh my second D pairing, I, I have Gerald Ford at right at right D. Um, that's mostly because of his ability with, uh, you know, domestic and international affairs. Very good at working with people. He also was a, a very prominent voter and fan of the Civil Rights Act. So, you know, he's for everyone. You know, he's for the team. No matter where they're coming from, you know, hockey is very diverse very diverse sport in terms of where it's played globally or whatever, a lot, a lot of different countries. So, um, and that left, I got Franklin Pierce strictly because of my last name. Love to see it. <laughs> Ran out of people to come up with. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not done with people. Well, kind of, but um, yep. Yeah, I got Franklin. 
All right. My third D pairing. Now, I think a lot of other people might have this guy up a lot higher, but I have Ronald Reagan in as my third D, man. And now you talk about an, another offensive-minded defenseman. He's trying to win the Cold War. You know, he's doing a lot of things that are going to aggressively push the Soviet Union to kind of rethink their ways. And, you know, he was a big reason why that happened. You know, I think that's what he's remembered for. So we're going to have Ronald Reagan in as a left D. Little, little out there at times, you know, a few, few things that people don't necessarily agree with. So we have Gerald Ford on the right D to kind of like, you know, hanker that line down, hammer that line in. And honestly, Ford's a plug and play type dude. You know, he can play third line D and know what his role is. And he could, he could bump up to the first right D who knows, but Reagan Ford, third line D right there. That's a good pairing. Um, my third line pairing for D is tricky Dick and, oh, yeah. uh, Tricky Dick and Reagan was who I had. So they're both uh, – hey, Tricky Dick is just an absolute wild card. No clue what you're going to get, and that's who you love. At least one of your third-line defensemen, you want him to go out there and just do about as the, the dumbest shit possible you could think of, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And then with Reagan, like you said, there, there were some things that he did well that showed promise, or, you know, enough to keep him on the team, enough to get him out there. You know, he's not getting rotated in and out. He's out there. But then he's also a third line D man. And he definitely did some things that it makes it very clear. He's a third line D man. So that's where I sit with that. Who do you have for your two goalies? Yeah. So my starting goalie and my other assistant captain, Abraham Lincoln, talk about a dude who holds down the fort, bringing everybody together in net, stopping pucks, stopping Confederates, stopping everybody who tries to score and he's just, he's just, oh, you, you talk about the perfect build for, for a goalie. He's, he's like the Ben Bishop mold. You know, he's tall. He's kind of lanky. He can, he can move around. He can move around in the crease. And I just, Abraham Lincoln, he's holding down the forties, bringing the union together. A house divided cannot stand and a team divided can't stand. And Lincoln is the perfect assistant captain. Perfect goalie right there. Who's your number two? My number two is Taft going to go with uh william howard taft surely because of the size i like that man <laughs> okay so my uh my number one goalie is lyndon b johnson nice okay so you know he did he did a lot of work himself that could put him in that position right um you know obviously like you said there there's some things that you'd maybe question it but the reason i say that is because every good team has a support staff and what did he have in a first lady? Lady Bird Johnson, Bird Johnson was probably the first prominent first lady who said, no, that's not true. Not first prominent. But she she really made a step in the role of the first lady and what gets done in that position. Um, very powerful woman. Great base for him. So I think that would translate into a great base for the team. And that's why he's my goalie. Um, backup goalie strictly because they get no playing time and in practice they uh, have to run all the drills and do the shitty ones and get pucks thrown at them all day <laughs> donald j trump <laughs> that's it he's pretty big too <laughs> six yeah, four, and, 250 he's covering yeah. most of the net yeah that's true and he's huge he's like uh the walrus commercial <laughs> jesus <laughs> anyways um <laughs> Hey, boys, uh, I'm making the NFL combine. I do have a uh, coaching staff. I do not have a coaching staff, but let's hear yours. My head coach is Ben Franklin. 
Oh, he was never president. Right. My coaching staff is not presidents. Oh. My assistant coach is Alexander Hamilton. Great pick there. And my other assistant coach is Al Gore for obvious Ooh. reasons. Dude's yep. a stat stat wizard. He knows where Manberg Pig is, so he'll keep the team safe. <laughs> and he invented the internet, so unlimited film study. So there you go. Hmm, coaching staff. Let me let me try and think of uh I mean you pretty much went with political figures but not presidents is that what i mean yeah they had something to do with like the office so you could say like i'm trying to think like joe biden could be a coach yeah, he was see, like a I, VP or whatever. He, he was he was gonna be my my third coach my like last bench coach and that's all i could think of and reasons being he's got experience well, tags mary's not cut right reason being <laughs> right he he's got experience or you know uh, but he couldn't get it done, but couldn't get it done. But he's a, he's a man of the people, right? He's, he's, Fair. he's listening. He's listening Bernie to the people. So would be a good uh, assistant coach, right? He's a man of the people. He, he wants to fight for everyday folks. So the, he's a player's guy. Every team needs a coach. That's a player's guy, yeah, you know, grinder for sure. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I don't know. One of us will let's, let's put up a blog with all of our, uh, okay with all of our picks on it um, just together. We'll put out one from the main account. Okay. Um, let's move on to the NFC North. All right, Peter, you can get involved again. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> as a resident hockey guy, I just knew that I got to let my two apprentice, my Padawan. <laughs> That's know, true. That's wings. Point. How did we do? What did you think? Uh, really good. Uh, Spencer, I'll give you an extra uh, leg above Marcus. Cause you talk about getting the puck in deep. Oh my God! That's and right. That, A and F, baby. And that is what I teach all of my hockey children. <laughs> um. So uh, let's start with the Vikings, shall we? That. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with Vikings. Vikings Bears. So. Bears um, are fake news. First of all, I think I'm pretty sure Spencer and I for sure. Peter, I don't know if you were so uh, in on it for sure, but they are exactly who we thought they were. It, like I'm pretty sure all three of us were like, yeah, the Bears suck. Were, yeah. were we were we all in on that? <laughs> I think you're, we were. You're okay. all well aware. <laughs> okay, so um, but I, they, they have a nightmare. I mean, if I oh, imagine being a defender on the Bears team right now, holy yeah. Christ. Anyways, um, I, how, I, how'd you feel? I hope Nick Foles is okay. I haven't heard any updates from that. Um, Bone spur on his hip. Okay, so it's nothing too serious. It's always. I don't know. Nick Foles is such a nice guy. You know, he hasn't done anything to ruffle my feathers. So it's tough to see him get, get hurt like that, especially in the last seconds of a game. Yeah. I I think that uh, Nick, Nick Foles is loved pretty unanimously around the league for how he handles himself mm-hmm. is my understanding. So I agree with that, but how, how'd you feel about your boys? I felt good about my boys. We only gave up one touchdown that game and it wasn't on the defense. It was on the special teams. Um, granted, I, I think the defense put up, I couldn't figure out if it was because the bears are bad and they couldn't get anything going against the Minnesota defense, or if the Minnesota defense is pretty good. Um, I'm going to chalk it up to both. I think our linebacker, our, our line, the five guys up front, at least look solid. Um, I'm still worried about our secondary, uh, safeties are great but the three corners that we have out there right now i don't even recognize any of them and that scares me um 
something I am really happy about. We talked about this last week. It is not the Delvin Cook show in Minnesota. Um, Kirk Cousins, he I think he went 25 for 36 with just under 400 yards passing. I think he had like 390, two touchdowns, one interception. Granted, that interception, I would like to blame on Adam Thielen. I think Kirk Cousins put it on the ball and Thielen just bumped it up a little bit. So I thought I was really happy to see us passing the ball a little bit rather than just running up and down the field. Um, with that said, I thought that game was way too close. Like we won by six points. Um, I would like to win by a lot more. Well, I mean, I think you have to remember where you guys were a few weeks ago. So I would, I, I, I think, well, I mean, Spencer, Spencer and I have been on it since the beginning of the year <laughs> and now it's kind of coming back in our favor we said that we thought the Vikings were better at the beginning of the year. We were on the Vikings to be pretty solid and then we were off of them. But I think that, I think they're going to end up there. You know, I don't think they're going to end up like what you said, Peter, but I think that, what, what did I say? I think you said that they would go undefeated for the rest of the year. And I just don't see that happening, but I'm giving them one loss. So when they came out of the bye, they played the Packers great game against the Packers. Very excited about that. Delvin Cook show um, and the defense showed up in a couple bits. Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Then we played the Lions. We played well, won the game. We played the Bears. We played – I don't want to use the word well. I think we played good enough to win that game. Um, Now we got the Cowboys this Sunday. Um, Our two toughest games this season, I think, are going to be – Saints and Buccaneers um and those two teams are fighting for the NFC South and obviously only one of them can win whoever's not winning is going to be in contention for a wild card spot and then we also have to worry about the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals for that matter now because the whole (laughs) NFC North just got jumbled up after this Sunday (laughs) brutal stretch of games coming for the Vikings Uh, yeah I think every game is a must win um, you can lose one, but we're so far. I think we're two games behind. Um, I forgot who we're, we're, we're behind. We, and we don't have a lot of time to make it up. So every game's a must win, especially against teams like the Cowboys, the Jags. Um, I forgot who else is in that lineup, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I would like to just say a stat uh, about the bears if I read it correctly, maybe it's first career, but I think I read that it's for this season because the Bears defense is so good or, you know, they're pretty stout, pretty solid defense. Um, I believe that I read somewhere that Cordero Patterson has more return yards this year than the whole Bears team has rushing. I think that's a legit set. I can. That's wild. I have not been watching the Bears at all, but. So they. I saw that he had like 750 yards returning and the bears are around 728 or 730 yards rushing as a team this year. If that stats for this year, if that's correct, yikes for the bears. Um, I think they, he looked good though. He didn't look bad once, uh, you know, when they get him out in space. Patterson. Um, yeah. He looked yeah. fine as a running back. I, I don't necessarily think that, his body size can take that position or, you know, that's, that's can't, run, can't run a route for his life. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, he's a big body, uh, you know, big guy. So playing running back just doesn't seem to work out that well for that type of player. You know, Derrick Henry, the exception, but he's built even different than that. Um, Yeah, Vikings, like you said, I thought they the last few weeks they've looked good. Um, They played well enough to get it done. And with the, the way the season started, you'd have to say that you're very happy with just good enough to get it done right now. No, I, yeah, I am very happy. Um, but I don't know, like, how do you guys feel about this? If you guys aren't going to win a championship or in be in contention for a championship, does it kind of hurt to be in that like limbo where like, we're not going to get a great draft pick out of this. Um, and we're not going to like go too far the postseason. I think well, have, Obviously, like, I think that's a bad mentality. Like, oh, if you're not going to make it, just, like, tank. Um, You got to win games. So, I am happy with where we're at, but I am anticipating where we're going to – what who we're going to have to play later in the season. Yeah, Spencer, what did you think about the Vikings and Bears? Um, Well, I first off, Peter, yes and no. I think as a, as a Colts, you know, somewhat of a Colts fan, like – there's been a yeah. lot of years where the Colts are like right there and they're not quite going to make the playoffs. And then you're like, well, why did we go for it? If we're going to pick 14th again, like not that there's not talent there, but it's not a top 10 pick, but I don't know. I mean, the Vikings, like Peter, you laid it out pretty well, like a couple weeks ago where they get on this roll. And I'm going to tell you right now, I wanted the bears to win last night because I didn't want the Vikings to get hot and think, Hey, maybe we could do this. You know, maybe we can squeeze <laughs> in, get into the playoffs type deal. And it looks like they might be able to do that. You know, they play, they played really, really well in the last, you know, three weeks. And the thing is, I mean, it's hard to write off a team when you got a running back who the last what four weeks is 800 yards rushing or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. I mean, dude, just been on a tear and you know, you got Justin Jefferson who they get basically for Stefan Diggs. You know, you make that trade. He's uh, going to be a stud if they can get, you know, Kirk Cousins, not a great quarterback, but he, he does enough, especially when he has a running back like that. So really, I mean, the Vikings, they, they look good. I, I think it's probably good that they didn't trade a bunch of people on defense Mm because I think that's playing a huge part in why they've been able to win these games. But, you know, they get the Jags on, on Sunday, I think, right. They play Jaguars. No, we play, they play Cowboys, Jags. Mm -hmm. Um, Who comes after that? Packers got to oh. be in there somewhere. Oh, Cowboys. Pan- no, the Packers no. already played them twice. First game of the season. Oh, and yeah. then the We play Cowboys, Panthers, Jags, Buccaneers, Bears, Saints, Lions. Yeah. So those last three games will be tough. Last four. But, I mean, this this next three. That, Panthers that, could be tough. Maybe. I don't know. I think that if the Vikings win these next two games, they're going to be feeling really good. And I think that they'll probably beat the Panthers. But yeah, I, I we'll think see. that. I think that the Vikings with uh, Harrison Smith looked like Harrison Smith again the other night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had a kind of a rough start to the season with basically getting hung out to dry with no uh, experience around him. And he looked pretty frustrated, but he looks like he's back and pissed off. So that's not good for anyone that isn't a Viking fan. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he, he's an absolute Soldier. weapon. And and uh, Kendrick, on uh, inside linebacker there, he's – He's probably he's a top three linebacker in the NFL, if not the best coverage go get him linebacker in the NFL. And he's good at stopping the run, but he's really good at 
coverage and he's really good at hunting people down. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Vikings definitely are a team that if they get a few more people back and healthy and can figure some things out or, you know, I, I still don't think that, I still don't think that, I, I don't know. I don't know. Kirk, Kirk finally got the monkey off his back though and won a game on Monday night football though. He was 0-9 previous to that. 1-9 so, baby. So I think they're a team to look out for. You know, they beat the Packers. That game was just so ugly from the pack though. But um, I don't, I don't want to see the Vikings in the playoffs. That's where I sit on them. Do I, do I think they're going to run through the playoffs if they get there? No, I personally, as a Packers fan would enjoy not, would enjoy not playing them in the first round of the playoffs. If that's avoidable. Um, Let's move on to the Packers. Shall we? Yeah. What happened Sunday? I, you guys came out with the W, but. Hey, look, Rodgers, really what it came down to, that game would not have been close, in my opinion, if on like three separate occasions, wide receivers don't fumble the football. Devontae had a fumble, which he literally never, ever does. Um, he just got the ball punched out from him, and it gave, uh, it gave them, a, the Jacksonville, a good field position. Look, I'm not worried. I, I'm really not worried. Do I think that their defense still has a lot to fix? Yes, but I thought it looked better. Um, uh, we didn't have Kevin King. We didn't have Jair Alexander, our two best safeties, and arguably pound for pound our best players on defense. You could make that argument, especially for Jair. Um, so th- whatever, th- that, that is what it is. Uh, offense still looked fine. Um, I'm not worried about that. MVS mm-hmm. is MVS is stepping up. Lazard got activated today, so he's back. Um, and you know, he- and and like Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show today, um, he goes, he's like, look, you call it what you want, a one and eight team versus a six and two team, still a professional football team out there, still a team that wants to win games, and sometimes you don't have the greatest game. So um, would have I liked it to be a blowout and would have that made me feel better? Yes. Do I like a, a, a tough, a tough win, a win that shouldn't have been like this? Also, yes. With an experienced quarterback who will look at this and go, uh-uh-uh, we can't let that happen again. And he still had a good game. So I, I, like, like it or not, it's still the best record in the NFC. So there, suck, or, you know, say what you want about the Packers. Still the best record in the NFC. What and if and if they weren't that good, and, and if or, you know if they're playing cupcake teams, yada yada yada. Well, why doesn't another team have that record then? There, Kate, I end my statement. Yeah, um, I mean I don't really have a lot to follow up with that. I didn't watch that game very close. Obviously, I had it on, but I was doing some other things. Um, one thing I will say though is that when you got when you were playing against playing against a rookie quarterback. Oh man, would have loved to see more pressure on him. I, you know, you throw, you throw five, six guys at him consistently. And I don't think that he makes the throws that he was making. I think Packers got a little lucky, um, especially on that MVS touchdown. The haters are sick because he got two or touchdown again, but that got, that was a little lucky just with like the ref kind of throwing a block for him. But other than that, I mean, I like what you said, the Packers look, they look dangerous and they definitely have the weapons to do some, some things, but well, and you know, honestly, like 
you got to beat the Jaguars and they did it. So who cares? Win ugly, you know, and that's all that matters. A win's a win, whether it's by 60 or 10 or three or one or whatever. I mean, it's just like baseball. A bloop single is the same as a line drive hit. You know, it all goes down as a single in the book. So, yeah, I think, I think the things that, uh, to me that I'll look out for that I would like to see more of, um, first off, Mike Patton must have spent some time on Twitter because he did definitely throw a few more blitzes in there, you know? Um, so that's a different look for our secondary considering our two best guys were not out there and the Packers under Matt LaFleur are undefeated when they win the turnover margin, which I believe they did on, you know, so, or at least was there may it's undefeated if they force a turnover that may might be the stat. So they did force a turnover, which is great. Famous Amos had a pick. Uh, love to see it. Um, but what I'm looking for, uh, Preston Smith needs to get in there. Preston Smith needs to bust things up. Or, you know, I think they, he's had a slow start to the year. And Zadarius Smith is only as good as the pressure that Preston Smith can get. You know what I mean? So um, I think right now the, the weight of the season looms on the defensive line. That's where it is. That's the problem. Yeah. No, I, I mean, again, I, I can't really, I don't have much else to say about that. I, you know, I'm definitely more of an offensive minded like thinker when it comes to football. So I, it's tough for me to look at the defense and see, I mean, the glaring issues are, you know, obvious. Well, we, we don't blitz enough or what, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's not something that's like easy to solve, but obviously it is for like fans, but offense still looks good. So I mean, you can't hate that. We're scoring points. That's all that matters. That's the name of the game, right, Peter? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I feel like Lazard has gone understated. Like the last game he played and he didn't have 156 yards receiving and six catches on two touchdowns. Like that that's a big deal to get him back. And if he's healthy, like if they – because he could have came back the last two weeks the way it sounded, but they chose not to. So if he's actually healthy, like if he doesn't have to work back in to getting healthy, that's a big fucking problem for a lot of other teams defense, because you can kill, you know, you can key on Devante all you want, but he's still going to get his touches. Right. MVS, it's pretty much a matter of if he drops it or not, but most teams don't have three guys that can go man coverage with those three, whether it be Devante's footwork and you put a safety over the top with him, MVS's footwork speed, or, you know, you can leave him in single coverage because of his hand ability. Yeah. But that, but then the size that Lazard brings to the physicality, pretty tough to find a team who can guard all three of them, Aaron Jones out of the backfield and Tanyan at tight end. I mean, as much as I still would have loved a weapon, well, getting Lazard tough. is almost like making a trade, though, if he's as good as he's been. Yeah, and uh, love David Bakhtiari signing that huge contract instead of window shopping for Will Fuller for for eight games, actually. You know, I, whatever it is what it is to bring in Will Fuller, but he probably wouldn't have stayed for more than a year. Hard to say. Um, so given a guy like David Bakhtiari, arguably the best left tackle, um, 
arguably the best left tackle in football, or, you know, top three for sure. I don't think that's in question. Given a guy like that, that kind of money, um, I love it. He, he, he had, you know, he's been great. So um, that's about all I got. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about really? I think we covered it all, man. Um, shout out to DeAndre Hopkins for winning me my fantasy league literally with that catch. Did you see the still of that? He's wearing Jordans and yes. like another guy's wearing Nikes and another, yeah. That's like, and the other guy's wearing Adidas. That's like marketing you can't pay for. Oh, no shit. At no. all. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't even have. Like they just made a commercial. He just made a commercial without making a commercial, literally. Yeah, like, for real. Like, um, but yeah. So I was. All of our players were done. Everything was like wrapped up, and I was down by four points on the last play of that game. No one, no one had to play. No one had to play on Monday night for either of our teams. Mm-hmm. So talk about a walk-off clutch win having <laughs> D-Hop, having new Copkins on your team. Uh, talk about – I can't imagine how mad the dude I was playing was. Like watching that, like, oh, sweet. No chance in shit that A, Kyler Murray completes this ball. B, to the guy that is the only one left playing, like I would have been so mad. <laughs> I would have been so mad. But anyways, we're wrapping it up. Hell right. yeah. This has been Big Ten Thoughts. Um, Big Ten Thoughts. Next time you see me, I will be in the NFL Combine. Say less. We'll All be right. expecting it. All right. Well, for Peter Chell and Spencer, uh, I'm Marcus, and this is Big Ten Thoughts. Big Thoughts. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. Um, check out our website for our blogs. Um, if you check out our website, which you can just Google search Big Thoughts, um, it'll bring you to all of our social media pages if you don't want to go through them and find them individually. So thanks again for listening. Um, remember to vote on the mustache bracket that we've put out on Twitter. Yep. Um, shout out to Down and Back Stitches. Go, go check out her work. And shout out to the homeless guy that is sleeping in my car. I I hope he in a few hours has a last good night sleeping in Ikea because I'm going to have to figure something out about that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever he just said, so it was something that is bad. Go Gophers, go Gators. We'll see you next week. Go badge. Take it easy. Oh, go Gators. Oh, go Badgers. Go Gators, bro. You're saying go Gators over uh, Minnesota? Yikes. No, go Gophers, go Gators. Go! Go Gophers, go Gators. Go Gophers, go Gators.